Once upon a time, in a faraway land, there was a story that changed everything. Hello and welcome to Story Tales, the podcast all about storytelling and its many forms. I am Marcus Hooper and I'm here with my amazing wife, Amy. Hello. Hello. So we're continuing Harry Potter month because it's October, the spoopiest of all months. Spoopy, spoopy, spoopy. And today, (laughs) all right, please support me in my jokes. Oh, good one, babe. You're you're my wife. Good one, babe. (laughs) Today we're talking about Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, and Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. Yes, spoilers are ahead for both movies and books. Yes, we're just going to say spoilers. We're not going to really do like a spoiler-free section and then a spoiler section. We're just going to talk about the movies. It's too complicated that way. (laughs) Yeah, it's too complicated. And yeah, and these are older movies. If it's a newer movie, we'll do that just in case somebody's listening and they haven't seen it. But we're just going to say if you haven't seen these movies, go see them. Um, and stop listening to this and yeah. go see it. Read the books first. I say watch the movies first. <laughs> no, read the books first. But the books are better when you watch the movies first. But the books are just better in general. Well, they are, but like <laughs> if you read the books first, you're only going to be like disappointed with the changes. But if you okay. watch the movies first, I said this before. You said it and I forgot it. Yeah, I'm just yeah, a, yeah, I'm yeah. a book person. You do not listen to our podcast. No. <laughs> I'm not going to listen to myself talk for an hour. That sounds disgusting. Yeah. No, I'm not doing that. <laughs> So first we're going to talk about Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. Then we'll have a little bit of a break, and then we'll talk about Half-Blood Prince. So first, we'll get into Order of the Phoenix. So Amy, do you really remember the book very much, reading the book? It's been a couple years. Four? No. Three or four years since I read the book. So kind of, but not a whole lot. What did you think of the movie, though? Oh my gosh, I loved the movie. I think that's my favorite of the movies so far. And I think in a in the previous episode, I was like, I'm pretty sure I've seen it. I don't think so. I think I had just seen some clips on the internet from this, from both of the ones we're talking about today. But yeah, I loved it so much. I love the directing. Like you said, it's a different. It's David Yates. David Yates. Yeah, that's that's the first one that David Yates directed, and he directs the rest of the Harry Potter movies. And he directed the last two uh, Fantastic Beast movies. He, I loved it. I loved the style of it. And I felt like he knew how to like cram stuff in. Because we don't have time for the whole like details about everything Umbridge did, you know, at the school. Yeah. He, I think he did a really good job with the use of like the montage, you know. And uh, I just loved it. It was so good. Yeah. And I kept saying like it, it felt more cinematic. And the other ones didn't feel not cinematic. But... These just felt more cinematic to me, and I was like, but why, though? Because, like, especially, like, Prisoner of Azkaban, that was really stylized, and Mm -hmm. it it looked really cool. But this one feels more cinematic, Mm -hmm. and at first I was like, I don't know why. But then I thought about it, and I think the way David Yates and his um, director of photography, I think the way they frame things, it makes it feel more epic. Mm -hmm. Like, the way they shoot things, it just feels more cinematic because things feel bigger not necessarily physically bigger, but like they feel more epic. Mm-hmm. And I can't really place my finger on exactly how they did that, um, but it just feels more epic to me and it feels more cinematic. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people will give him flack because like the color grading in his movies are is more desaturated and it's more grim. But to me, that kind of fits like where the story's heading. Yeah, it's getting dark. <laughs> like, yeah. like style-wise, it's, I mean... After, I always say, like, the Goblet of Fire is when it really, we're not messing around anymore. Yeah. It gets really serious. And so I think it makes sense that you can see that in the colors. Yeah. In the tone. And it really makes sense when you think, like, after Cedric dies, Harry, he basically goes through PTSD. Yeah. And he starts out this movie, you know, and and Dudley's making fun of him because he's crying out, like, Cedric's name in his sleep or something. So Harry is not in a good place, like Mm-mm. starting out in this movie. So it makes sense that everything looks so grim and Voldemort's back and bad things are happening. So to me, it makes sense that like the world is just so grim and like, ugh, because it's like it is <laughs> in, yeah. in the world of the story. And even from Harry's perspective, things are not good. No. You know, even before this adventure starts in this one, it's it things aren't aren't good. So I, I don't mind the color grade. 
there are some very drab looking scenes, but I always saw it as intentional. Because like, look at the Fantastic Beast movies. Those aren't drab. No. And they're by the same guy. So yeah. I think, he, you know, he was like, that doesn't fit this story. So yeah. So I, I, I like it. I like the change. Yeah. I think there are things, I don't remember now off the top of my head, but like stuff that he's adding in. Like, instead of, like, taking stuff out, like, he's putting in pieces of, like, this might be more relevant to the second half. But, like, he'll throw in a scene, and it just makes sense. Like, yeah. it's not like, what are you doing? Like, it's good. Yeah, the stuff they added, I wasn't like, why are we doing this? Yeah. There was one thing in the next movie that I was like, I don't understand. It wasn't poorly done. It was well done. But I was like, I don't know why we need this. Like, what does it add? But we'll get to that when we get there. But mm-hmm. in this movie... They add a lot of stuff that I, I really like. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a montage, like, once Umbridge... Uh, and, and by the way, Umbridge is played by Imelda Staunton. I hope I said her name right. And she does a fantastic job. Yeah. Some people are like, well, she doesn't look like a toad. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> like, but she plays the character perfectly. Yeah, she did the little... <clears throat> Like, that's exactly how it's described. And I was furious. Yes. She was so good, and I hated her guts. Yes. And that's good acting. In fact, (laughs) I told Amy that uh, I heard that when she was cast as this character, she had read the books, and she was like, oh, you want me to play the character that looks like a toad? (laughs) Thanks. Thanks. But, yeah, she's fantastic. But Mm -hmm. once she kind of starts to take more control at Hogwarts, they do a montage of her doing a bunch of stuff and enacting new rules and they skip a lot of time that the book really fleshes out. And it's interesting in the book, but they don't cut anything that I'm like, hey. Yeah, like I think they cut any mention of Quidditch. Yeah, Quidditch has been kind of entirely cut. I mean, any, anything that happens that they cut adds to the characters, mm-hmm. like in the book. Like in the book, Harry is banned from Quidditch for life mm-hmm. because Malfoy picks a fight with them. And I think says something about his mom or about the Weasley's mom or something like that. And this one? Yeah. Okay. And they fight with Malfoy and so Umbridge bans him for life mm-hmm. from Quidditch. So like if she hadn't been taken down in the end he would never have been able to play Quidditch ever again. So that added to him feeling isolated and alone and all that stuff. But it's not crucial to him feeling isolated and alone. So it makes sense that we could skip it and it's like yeah, that's a good part of the book, but mm-hmm. they don't have all day like no. the book does. So they have to cut some things. It makes sense that they cut that. And it was smart that they put in the montage where the book plays out the events and mm-hmm. her gradually adding more rules and taking control. But the movie was really smart and did a really nice montage of her adding stuff and of Fudge being like, hey, she's great, you know? Yeah, yeah, I really liked I said this earlier. I really liked um, the director's use of the montage. And I, I was noticing it. Like, in all the others, I'm like, I don't really notice stuff like that. But I was noticing, like, the way it would cut from scene to scene or, like, kind of skip a bunch of exposition and we would just see stuff playing out. Like, Fudge talking to the media. Yeah. And about, like, you know, accusing Harry of lying or whatever. And, oh, Umbridge is doing amazing over at Hogwarts. No, she's not. Yeah. Uh, and, like, watching the new rules being enacted and... um What's the name of the guy who runs the grounds? Hagrid. No. No. <laughs> he does run the ground. Yeah. The guy who's mean is the cat. Filch. Filch. Okay. Um, oh, him like hanging up the rules and stuff and taking down the paintings and like shaking them out. Like I, I thought they're, I just thought their montages were really good. Yeah. And you really get a lot of information without having to sit there for an hour and read like two chapters of it. Like it was really good. Yeah. And the scene at, at the beginning... Sorry, we're going to be hopping around. Yeah. <laughs> so keep up with us. Keep up. The scene at the beginning where Harry saves Dudley from the Dementors, it was so cool. Like, I just thought it was so well done. Mm-hmm. And it was so, like, the Dementors looked a little different. I thought they looked different. They looked less hooded and more, like, shaped. Yeah. They had like, more of a, you could see more of their skull. And their mouths didn't make me gag this time, like, in the in the other one. We didn't really see them. No, we saw one when he went for Harry. He was like... <gasps> <laughs> I hope you could all hear that. <gasps> <laughs> um, but in um, Prisoner of Azkaban, when it first showed that, I was like, and I turned away from the camera because it's or the TV. The camera. I was there. <laughs> <laughs> I turned away from the TV because it was disgusting. Yeah. Like, Ugh. yeah, um, which they're supposed to be. Right. The book describes them as looking like they're covered in scabs. 
That's nasty. Why would you say that? To it's me? just true. I didn't ask you. Yeah, well, <laughs> I gave it anyway. <laughs> I'm thinking about scabs. Uh oh. So I, I really liked. I, I just like you said. I noticed things that they were doing visually, and mm-hmm. of course, I I did in the other movies. Mm-hmm. But to me, this one, like I said, it just feels so cinematic. And so many times, you and I both were like, "That looks cool." Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. And I just think. I don't know. I think these get a bad rep because a lot of people say these. This is where the movies get boring, but I thought this one was where? really, really <laughs> captivating. Yeah, what, and like, what part was it boring? Yeah, I loved it. Here's another thing they added, and it's really smart, because in the book, right, when Harry has the vision of the snake attacking Arthur Weasley, oh. he goes to Dumbledore, obviously, and Dumbledore's like not looking at him and stuff, and Harry just kind of is like, okay, whatever. And then when they're about to take the port key, Dumbledore finally looks him in the eye, and when he does, it describes that Harry feels like he wants to bite him. Like he's mm-hmm. like, I wanted to lash out and bite him. Like, And so later he's worried like he is the snake, like mm-hmm. he did attack Arthur Weasley, like yeah. it was him, because he felt like that when he looked at Dumbledore. Mm-hmm. And... You know, we can't have Harry's internal dialogue in the yeah. movies, but they still wanted to like show that some part of Voldemort was in him and is activated kind of by being around Dumbledore and also by him being angry. Mm-hmm. And so the whole movie, they added this thing that the book doesn't do, where we see Voldemort do this like neck thing, like... Harry sees an Im- a vision of him in a black suit. He looked really nice, real sharp. <laughs> it was weird seeing him in muggle clothes. Yeah, it was. Um, he was in this black suit, and he did this neck thing where he, almost like what someone does when they want to pop their neck, which I think is what he was doing. He, like, did that neck thing and tilted it up. And then the whole movie, Harry will sometimes do that, and that's, like, an indication that, like, whatever part of Voldemort's in him is, like, stirring trying to take over, yeah well i don't know if it's trying to take over but trying i think it, it just kind of like goes like hmm you know like it just kind of moves yeah. around a little bit hmm. like it's just like hmm yeah you're right it like opens the hood it opens <laughs> harry's hair it moves harry's hair and goes hmm <laughs> <laughs> but like that's interesting because yeah. we can't see inside harry's mind so they do that little visual trick to like show us like huh mm-hmm. and in the movie when he goes to see dumbledore dumbledore's not looking at him He's talking to all the paintings, and Harry does that neck thing, and then he goes, "Look at me!" and shouts that, and then Dumbledore like looks over at him. I got very uncomfy. I was like, but I it, felt like everybody in the room, everybody was like, mm, and I was sitting there going, mm, and it, I wasn't in the room. I was at my yeah, home. <laughs> it, I think we felt tense because it was so well done. Because we was. we felt like we were in the room when someone just yelled at somebody, and we were like, "Oh, I shouldn't be here." Uh, yeah, like, and it was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> right after he he was like, "What's happening to me?" and Dumbledore's just kind of staring at him. It cuts to Snape like kind of inching in the room, and he's like looking around, like, "Oh, what did I just walk I into?" Just and he's really like, tense. "You wanted to see me, Headmaster?" So like he was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> he did that at another point later in the movie, and I was like, "It happened again." He's like, "Why am I walking into all these tense situations?" Yeah, I don't remember what happened. This I don't time, remember but either, but. It was funny. But that was a really cool thing that they had. that's talking about things they added that I really liked. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not better than the book. It's them adapting to this new yeah. medium because we can't see inside Harry's head. So they added that little visual trick of the the neck thing and they added him shouting at Dumbledore because we can't see inside his mind that he wanted to like strike him and stuff. Yeah, and Daniel Radcliffe's acting is so good cuz you yeah. believe it. Like I, he portrays it so that you think like, "Oh, you know, cuz if it was just written there and it wasn't portrayed well, like what's it going to do for us?" But like the the whole like little neck twitch thing and then the shouting the shouting at Dumbledore yeah. like I was like like oh yeah. it was so good <laughs> yeah and I, I said this in another episode shout acting is not always good if the actor doesn't do it right like the first time in this series someone did shout acting and I was like that was good was when Gary Oldman yeah. in Prisoner of Azkaban was like I've done my waiting 12 years of it in Azkaban mm-hmm. and I was like mm. like mm-hmm. it hits you you're like yeah. oh poor guy but Dan did it really well. Yeah, in this one. Dan, Danny Dan, boy, my friend Dan, my good friend Dan. Yeah, Dan, if you're listening, uh, let's have dinner again. Sometime. Yeah, gosh, miss you, Dan, <laughs> my buddy. So, speaking of Snape coming in, the occlumency, um, you pointed out, and I think this isn't a. I'm not saying the movie did this wrong. I think this happens in the book too. Snape doesn't really 
tell him what to do. No, because Snape is a garbage teacher and a garbage person. And yeah, I read all the books and I still stand by that opinion. Come at me. Unless, like, <laughs> I'm not sucks. trying to, like, hmm? excuse any <laughs> bad stuff Snape does. But I know. maybe everything he told Harry is all you need to know. Maybe it's a really abstract idea and you can't be, like, actually literally do this. Maybe all you can do is close your mind. And he's like, that's all I can tell you. There is no, like, physical tip I can give you. But he didn't even say, that's all I can tell you. He just said, don't let me read your thoughts. Go. Yeah. He didn't say, it's real. like a good teacher, even if you have to explain something really hard like that, would say, I really can't tell you much about it because it's really abstract. So let me. He said a good teacher, though. I know. Yeah, he's not a good teacher. I know. That's (laughs) what I'm saying. A good teacher would at least... Like, give you as much information as they possibly can and say, there's really not a lot I can tell you about it because it's really difficult yeah. to explain. Dumbledore would have done that. Yeah, he would have. Dumbledore's the best. We love him. In this movie, he does make a big mistake. He does. He but ignores he Harry on it. purpose because he's like, I mean, I understand his reasoning. We're kind of skipping ahead, but yeah. he, you know, he's like, I was worried that if I talked to you or even looked at you, that Voldemort would be like, oh, he's good friends with Dumbledore and would want to, like, take you over because he'd be like I can learn things or do things but if he thought that if Voldemort thought that Dumbledore didn't really care about Harry very much mm-hmm. or he was just another student then he'd be less tempted to take him over yeah and I mean I see what he's saying and he could have been right about the fact that Voldemort didn't do it sooner because of that mm-hmm. but I think overall what was more important was he should have made sure Harry didn't feel isolated yeah because, um, like you said earlier, he already was in a million different ways because nobody believes him. He can't play Quidditch. Like, he really just has his two friends. And then even Dumbledore, who's, like, been his, like, grandfather figure and mine through the books. <laughs> I was like, I want him to be my grandpa. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, and now he's ignoring him, too. And, of course, he, that wasn't the goal to isolate him, but he was just, he was right. trying to help. It just was so. It was a byproduct, though. Yeah. Because especially because nobody believes Harry, and so everybody's like treating him like a pariah because they think he's lying. And then on top of that, Dumbledore's not talking to him. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was rough. But Dumbledore does admit at the end that he was wrong. So, um, but we were talking about Snape doing occlumency. What did you think of the scene where um, Harry reverses it and sees into Snape's mind? Oh yeah, okay. I remember reading that in the book too. That it's the first time we really get a glimpse of Harry's dad, James not being the best person yeah he i mean he did bully snape he picked on him he was mean like and you know he led the pack of his little friends you know the marauders yeah etc and they were they were picking on him and you know hanging him upside down and i thought there was there was more in the book oh yeah like it went back later well harry like there's a whole thing where harry it's snape's memory but harry actually like hangs out with like goes and like hangs out with James and then and like kind listens falls, to what they're yeah. saying because Snape's like over there like across the way mm-hmm. but he's like listening in on what they're saying mm-hmm. and in the book he didn't reverse the spell on Snape Snape left and he looked into a the pensive yeah because that's Sna- what I thought Snape was taking his memories out in memories he didn't want Harry to see and yeah. putting them in the pensive so that if he did reverse it on him, he wouldn't see those things. That's what I thought. And I didn't say anything when we were watching it because I was like, maybe I'm remembering it wrong or it's like the next one or something. But yeah, okay, I remember that. But he kind of found it by accident or he was snooping around where he shouldn't have been. And then he got caught and Snape was like, you're like, wait, son, or something like that. Yeah. But yeah. But I do, yeah. I I really like that in the book that we see more. Yeah. Um, And that he hangs out with James and actually really like sees that he was really full of himself yeah like he was messing up his hair more on purpose yeah like to because he was like uh-huh. it looks cool it gets the attention yeah but but i do like that in the movie harry reverses it on snape mm-hmm. like um i think it was protego i think that's the shield charm i think he said protego and it like reversed it on snape and he saw in his mind and it makes sense that they would cut a lot of that down for time yeah and we still did see the the really important part which is that james um was not nice to Snape, Mm-mm. and that he used Levy Corpus, which is the one that like hangs you upside down by your ankle. Mm-hmm. And they don't really go into it, but in the book, um, that's another one of the Half Blood Prince's spells. So it's ironic oh. that James used one of Snape's spells against him. I mean, they didn't know he was the Half Blood Prince, yeah. and they didn't know the Half Blood Prince started that spell. 
or created it. Mm-hmm. But I just think it's ironic that he used his own spell against him. Yeah, I had forgotten about that from the book because, like I said, it's been a while since I read it. So Yeah, and then later, he's really, really... In the book, you see more anger. In the movie, you don't see as much anger. But in the book, at the end of, um, of Half-Blood Prince... I might have been confusing them a little bit. No, I, I don't think so. No, no, no. I'm not confusing them. Okay. Um, at the end of Half-Blood Prince, Snape says, you'd use my own spells against me, Potter. Yeah. And it's like, you know, he sees him as James. So it's interesting to think, like, James used Snape's spells against him mm-hmm. before. And so when Harry tries that, he's like, you, oh, you're just like your freaking, freaking dad. Yeah. yeah. Um, Again, not an excuse to abuse a child. No, 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 no. Um, but yeah, I thought they did that scene really well. Obviously, Alan Rickman's acting is fantastic. Holy crap. Like the so look good. on his face as the camera like flew towards him as Harry was like infiltrating his mind. Yeah. He was just like, nope. And then he was yeah. like, it was gone. It was so good. And then he was like, enough. And it, he like closed his mind yeah. down. Again, another great actor who plays a despicable character. Yeah. But he pulls it off because it makes you hate him. Yeah. He's so good. And I love that, you know, because Harry reverses it on him, Snape is the one who shuts it down, mm-hmm. which shows that Snape can do it. Like, he's like, the thing I'm trying to tell you to do, this is how you do it, yeah. you know? So Harry sees a little bit, but I wonder if it's like dreams. You know how, like, dreams, they say, like, you, you have thousands of dreams, but you like, and they go really fast, but you only remember a few of them. Oh, I read recently that's a myth. Is it a myth? Oh, no. Myth, myth. Well, but I wonder if, like, he wasn't in there long, but he just saw a lot because they're memories yeah that he didn't like live them out like in real real time time. like they were like flashes and snape was like boom shut it down but i just think it was really cool that it shows like he can do it he's like boom shut you out yeah and then harry's like can kind of see how it's done um the cinematography was really impressive i think that's what impressed Mm -hmm. me the the most the second thing that impressed me the most is the performances of the main kids i mean i guess they're still kids I feel like they look like adults now. Yeah. But like the main three. The well, I don't mean the main just the main three. I mean all of them who oh. were kids and now are older. You know what okay. I'm saying? Like, like Draco Neville Malfoy. And, okay. Yeah, Neville. They're I feel like this is the first time where their acting truly feels like it's on the level with the other adult actors. Yeah. Like they're doing great. Like I don't think I really there was never really a moment where I was like, that was rough. Yeah. You know? It they, was all really good. They didn't feel like kids acting, they felt like adults acting. Even if they were still teenagers, yeah. which I think they were. Yeah. Well, it was just, I wasn't watching actors playing parts. I was watching characters in my, you know, a story. Yeah. And, like, that's what acting's supposed to be. In the first one, it's a little bit, those are child actors reading their lines. Right. You know, but it's been a long time. You know, we've yep. they came a long way and they grew up and they took a lot of acting lessons. And Yep. <laughs> <laughs> they're amazing. Yeah, they're really good. It'd be kind of weird if they didn't gain any talent, I yeah. guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know. A kid can be charming as a kid because they're a kid, and then when they grow up, it can turn out they have no acting talent. Yeah. But you only like, liked oh, them because they were cute. cute. Yeah. Which is not the case here, luckily for them. Yeah, they were all good. So this is the first time we see Luna Lovegood as well, played by Ivana Lynch. Before I say anything, what did you think of her as Luna? Oh my gosh. She was perfect. Like, that's yeah. exactly how you picture her yes. reading the book. Just like... I'm just kind of here, you know. Yeah, spacey. Yeah, a little But flighty, really friendly. But yeah, so nice, genuine. Like, she honestly does not care if you think she's a weirdo. She's like, I'm just me. Yeah, and I love, I don't remember if this was in the book or not, but I love how in the movie, Hermione's like, everyone, this is Looney Love, this is Luna Lovegood. Oh, so awkward. But then Luna is doesn't seem like she's phased by it, so... But it's, I, I just think that's really funny. This is also the one where we find out that the carriages are not pulling themselves. Yeah. Like we thought since book one. It's the Thestrals. One, it's the Thestrals, which are like creepy, like bony looking horses. And Harry is like, why are these here this year? And they're like, what are you talking about? The carriages pull themselves. And Luna's like, no, it's because you've seen death. Yeah. Like you saw someone get killed. <laughs> and I told you, at what point, because every year Harry sees or hears something that nobody else can see or hear. Yes. And everybody's like, 
no, Harry, you're just crazy. Yeah. And like, it's like, but then every year he turns out to be right. So at what point are you going to be like, oh, I thought the carriages were pulling themselves. I don't see anything. But Harry, if you see it, wow, I didn't know there were invisible creatures pulling the carriage. How come every time they're like, oh, Harry's going crazy. Yeah, like, it's like, guys, uh, what's that whispering in the walls? What are you talking about? They're just walls, Harry. <laughs> guys, everyone can talk to snakes. No, Harry, not everyone can talk to snakes. Not even, well, that's just true. That's just true. But, like, he was like, I, yeah, I guess that doesn't fit. Cut it out. Cut, Cut that out. No, leave it. It was, it. So, it leave was so it. embarrassing. Leave it. Let me start over. Wallow in your shame. No. <laughs> I don't remember saying. I give up. We were talking about how nobody believes. Nobody believes Harry. Yeah. yeah that. Or, um, guys, I really think Draco is evil. <laughs> To be no, fair, Harry, he's just a student. <laughs> to be fair, he is biased. I feel like he would have said that whether or not Draco was actually up to something or not. But he was right. But he was right this time. Well, in the next half. But in the book, they don't really highlight this in the movies. Yeah, this is Half Blood Prince yeah. again that you're talking about. Yeah, I know. But in the in the books, <laughs> every year they're like, "Is Draco involved? Mm-hmm. Maybe." So that that's why this time when. Harry was like, I think Draco's involved. They were like, Harry, we say this every time, and it's always wrong. But again, that's the next one. Um, What else about this movie? Oh, something that really impressed me that might not impress anyone else. I don't know why it impressed me so much. I mean, I know why, but they incorporated footage from older Harry Potter movies, and it looked really good. Like in the mirror of Irisid. Yeah. Yeah. And he's looking at his parents, and then Snape shows up, and he's like... Feeling sentimental. Yeah, feeling sentimental. And then it looks like young Harry, like, looks up looks, like... <gasps> yeah. But it's like, it's young cool. Daniel Radcliffe from the first movie. And at the, the very beginning of the movie, they show clips of the night that Cedric died, and they mm-hmm. use footage from the last movie. I mean... I mean, it makes sense they have that footage, and it, it's just editing trickery, but I was really impressed. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow. And it stacked, like, it's from a different director, and yet it doesn't feel out of place. Yeah, it didn't you know? feel like a cut and paste. Yeah. It's just part of the story. Yeah. I really liked the the sequence where the students are practicing in Dumbledore's army in the Room of Requirement. Oh, yeah, we haven't the, brought up Dumbledore's army. I know, in the, in the Room of Requirement. And Neville keeps practicing Expelliarmus, and he can't get it. And he's, like, even practicing it, like, outside of it, like, in class. Mm-hmm. You see and Umbridge like, is like, wands away. Wands away. <laughs> um, but he just keeps practicing. And then he gets somebody. I don't remember who it was, but he disarms them. And I I fully teared up, you guys, because everybody was cheering for Neville. And they were and like, yay, good job, I Neville. I know, because Neville's, like, the goof around. I mean, he's the butt of the joke, you know, because he can't do anything right <laughs> But he worked really it's hard. It's just true. But yeah, he worked really hard and all his friends were cheering for him and nobody was teasing him and he wasn't like, I'm t- like. You're tearing up right I, now. I love Neville. I want to be his friend. I want to be his friend too. He's such a sweetheart. Yeah. And this is, I guess this is, maybe she didn't mean it as foreshadowing, but kind of foreshadowing to the big part he's going to play at the end. Yeah. Yeah. I, we didn't talk about Dumbledore's army at all. Mm-mm. But I guess it's because we're not really recapping the movie. We told you it's just spoilers, so we're kind of just talking about s- stuff we liked. We're assuming you've seen it, so we're not really recapping it. Mm-hmm. But I love the whole idea of Dumbledore's army. I love that they call it that. Yes. But I love that it's ironic that when Umbridge finds out about it and tells Fudge that he's like, I knew it. I knew it. Mm-hmm. Dumbledore is raising an army, and Dumbledore goes, yeah, I am, because he doesn't want the students to get in trouble. Right. He's like, so yep, cute. it was my idea. It was my idea. I'm raising up an army to overthrow you. Mm-hmm. And Harry was like, no, that's not true. And Dumbledore was like, thank you for trying to like protect me, Harry. But well, my it, name is on it. As you can see, it doesn't say Potter's army. It says Dumbledore's army. I was wondering why I didn't say Harry, but Dumbledore's not his first name. Yeah. Dumbledore's last name. Albus is his first name. Brian. Oh my gosh, talk about that at the beginning. <laughs> One of his middle names is Brian, and we find out about it when he's at court um, representing Harry. Harry. I don't know what else what you want me to say. Oh, we just thought it was funny because he's, what are all his, it's like Albus, blah, 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 Brian, Dumbledore. Like, I don't know. I think the, one of them's Wolfric. I don't know, but his delivery was so funny. I don't think he was trying to be funny, but it was funny because. I think he was. He was just like delivering his long British names, and then he goes, Brian. <laughs> like, that cracked me up. Imagine if I he, like, know. slipped into an American accent, too. Brian. If he was like, Albus Wolfric, blah, 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 Brian Dumbledore. <laughs> <laughs> it's like one of those, like, this message is for 
Brian. Yeah. <laughs> like if, the, if the voice was Brit- British, you have reached the voice mailbox of Brian <laughs> is not available. <laughs> yes. That's what it was. Yeah. That's what it sounded like. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but that's it. I just thought that was funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I really like this movie. You had something you want to talk oh, about? Oh, yeah. We got to see a lot of the Ministry of Magic, and it looked so cool. Oh, yeah, it looks so, so cool. It was amazing. I love the little paper airplanes that are flying around inside. Yeah. And they and just get on the elevator, and they wait like people. And Arthur Weasley was like, we used to use owls, but the mess was terrible. <laughs> but yeah. poos. Yeah, I really like this movie. Um, if you haven't seen it, watch it. I think it's it really good. It's so good. It's, like I said at the beginning, it's my favorite so far. Oh, serious dying. We have to talk about that. You cried. Too. Amy cried when I, that happened. I cry in. Well, I just cry all the time, but I do cry in movies too. But yeah, I cried. I cried a lot. It was so sad. We did. The only thing we didn't like is he was hit by the Avada Kedavra curse, and he kind of stood there for a second, like, "Oh it was no!" Still alive. That does yeah. not happen. He stood kind of, kind of like, "Uh oh, I'm dying," and then he like floated backwards into the veil. But in the I hate to be like in the book, but oh, I love being that if person. he was hit by Avada Kedavra, he should have just dropped. But in the book, I don't think he was hit by Avada Kedavra. He was just hit by a curse, which staggered him and knocked him into the veil. Mm-hmm. And it was him falling into the veil that killed him. Yeah, that was my impression. Yeah, so. because that he he goes away and you don't really see where he goes. And then Harry's like. You know, you reminded me of this actually because I couldn't remember exactly how it happened in the book. I thought that. He did get hit with a vaticadaver and then died there. But you're like, no, no, no. Remember, because Harry is waiting for him to come out of the backside of this archway curtain. And Lupin is like, no, Harry, he's gone. Because Harry doesn't know what it is. Yeah. It's spooky. I don't even think they really tell us where he went. No. He just. H- Harry and Luna can hear voices, there. though, coming right. from it. And That's they, another thing. They could see the Thestral, so it's implied mm-hmm. that it has to do with death. Mm-hmm. So. That is another thing that we were talking about with the. No one believes Harry. Like, yeah. what are those voices? Harry, there are no voices. There are no voices, Harry. And then Luna's like, I can hear them too. And then everyone's kind of like, that doesn't prove anything. <laughs> She's crazy. She's got a point. Um, <laughs> oh, and the last thing we're going to talk about, and then we'll wrap it up with this one. But Dumbledore's fight with Voldemort. Oh. So good. Yeah, it was amazing. That's it the first time really we had cool. seen magic on that level too. Yeah. Because we've seen a bunch of students practicing magic. Right. And it, they did such a great job. My favorite parts are the sound design. The sounds they picked are incredible. Especially when Dumbledore is doing the stuff with the water. And it's like... It's like... Where's it right? It just sounds so cool. And then like there's no score. There's no music. Which really adds to it. But I just thought it was really cool. And like it showed that Dumbledore can hold his own against Voldemort. And that... Kind of won, I think. Like he didn't he? Oh yeah. Didn't he win that duel? Oh, he destroyed him. <laughs> if Voldemort would have won, he would have killed Dumbledore. He doesn't leave survivors. Well, right? yeah. Don't you think so? But he like Voldemort like went into Harry, but I guess he did that because he was losing, and so he was like, um. yeah. So he was like running away. He's like, oh crap. Yes. Um. But it, it looked so cool, and it was done so well. And um. Yeah. I I really like this movie. If you haven't seen it, you should definitely watch it. What do you think? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I definitely recommend it. Yeah. We have it on DVD, but it's also on HBO Max. Yeah. If you have HBO Max, go watch it. Um, Or you can rent it if you don't have that. Yeah. It's really, really good. Mm -hmm. I'd highly recommend it. It's so good. All right. Well, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we are going to talk about Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. Stay with us. See you soon. Well, we're back, and now we're going to talk about Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. Starting out, Amy, did you like this movie? I did, um, but it's very sad. (laughs) Yeah, very sad. You were definitely crying at the end of this, like shaking crying, like more than you were in the last one. I was sobbing. Yeah. I knew it was, okay, no. First of all, sorry, again, spoilers, if you don't know the twists and stuff in this, we're going to be spoiling (laughs) it. So if you haven't seen it or haven't read the book... Please do not listen to this. Go watch it or read it and then come back. Yeah. Okay. So I remember reading the book and I was just as caught off guard. And By? 
Oh, by Dumbledore dying at the end. Yes. Okay, not just dying, Snape killing him with the killing curse. And I was like in shock and sobbing. It was, okay, I think when I was reading it, I had left work at Domino's, probably a closing shift. Yeah. And I went back to my dorm room and it was Christmas break, like the first week. So everybody was gone and I was just there by myself reading. You were probably asleep at home. And I was like, what is happening? And I'm sobbing alone in my bed. And I was angry with you because you didn't say, hey, don't read that. I was like, you should have anticipated the fact that I was going to need to be held while I read this, which is not fair. Well, I didn't know you would need to be held. I just thought you'd be like, this is really sad. (laughs) Don't you know me? (laughs) Not at the time. I didn't know you as well. So I was like, why would you let me read this by myself? I was like, I was out. And then in the movie, I forgot that Dumbledore died in this one. I thought he died in Deathly Hallows. Mm. So, and then you told me at the end of the movie that I had said something about the next one. and you I remember like, what it is. Oh, tell me because I, I can't remember. You said, is this the one where they go looking for Hallows? And, no, uh, no, Is this the one where they go looking for Horcruxes? And I, and I was like, well, they go looking for the one. And I was going to be like, but Dumbledore doesn't go with them. I was going to say that. And I was going to be like, because he dies. But then I was like, but Dumbledore, you know what? I'll just yeah. let her. You were her. like, don't you remember? And I was like, maybe I don't. Because I thought. You were saying you thought Dumbledore went with them to find Well, I, I didn't think Dumbledore was with all three of them. But I knew that Harry and Dumbledore went, and I thought he, they went for like two or three. Yeah. I didn't know it was just the one. Yeah, because remember, as soon as they find out about Horcruxes, they go to get the locket, like, we gotta go. and Dumbledore doesn't do well. Yeah. Part of the reason that Harry thinks he died is because he was already so weak from yeah. the potion. Right. What he doesn't know is a lot of Wait. stuff. I won't spoil Cause that because it's in a future episode. movie, and I didn't tell them it'd be spoilers for future movies. So yeah. I'll talk about it later. But there's so much, you there's guys. So much. But yeah, we jump straight to his death. But let's go back, back in time. So the movie doesn't start at the Dursleys like the book does. What do you think about that? I liked it. It switched it up a little bit because I'm so sick of that freaking family. Yeah. <laughs> So, and I know we didn't see too much of them in the last one either, um, but yeah, I was just relieved. And I liked, again, this was another um, example of the director kind of throwing in something that wasn't in the books, mm-hmm. but I liked it a lot, where yeah. Harry's at like a muggle diner and like kind of flirting with this girl, and she's like, it's so weird, I could have sworn I saw one of those pictures moving the other night. And, and he was like, ha 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 they don't do that. so silly. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, who's this Harry Potter? And it's the first time in like five or six years that he's been unknown by somebody. Yeah. And I think he loved it. He was like, oh, some tosser. Yeah. If that's a profanity, I'm sorry. It sounds weird in a, an American accent. Oh, you bloody tosser. <laughs> what? You didn't like it? What? Let's stop recording right now. <laughs> no! <laughs> if it was cringe, you can cut it out. I don't know. Leave it, leave it, leave it, leave it, leave it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I liked it. I liked it. The only thing that I really liked about the scene from the book, but it wasn't like I was like, why isn't it in the movie? The only the thing that I'm like, I do miss it a little, but it's not a big deal. I, I'm not like, why'd you do this? Was Dumbledore did come to the Dursleys and watching Dumbledore talk to the Dursleys was amazing it yeah. was incredible because like they were being super rude and Dumbledore was you know being Dumbledore mm-hmm. and he was like you could tell he was getting frustrated with them but he was keeping his cool and he was basically like in the nicest way possible being like you know I would think that you guys would be nicer to your guests you know mm-hmm. and he it's, was frustrated in his Dumbledore way <laughs> right right so which means that he grabbed them and said did you put your name in the goblet of fire <laughs> <laughs> do you have one of the other kids do it for you we didn't mention how in the last movie, there's. I think that's the last time that happens, but there's a moment where he goes, don't you all have studying to do? And we were like, come on now. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, that's not as egregious as, you put your name in the goblet of fire? No, he's like assaulting Harry. Yeah, too much salt. <laughs> that you can cut. So, I again, this was directed by the same guy, and... Again, I thought it was it looked really cool. It was amazing. It started out with Harry in slow motion like at the end of the last movie and they're in the ministry and they're taking pictures of him. 
Yeah. And they did something interesting. I don't know if it was on purpose. I'm inclined to think it was. But Dumbledore leads him away. So they were like pushing in on Harry and then Dumbledore turns him to lead him away. And then it starts to push in on, just because of where Dumbledore has turned, it starts to push in on his hand. And I think it's the hand that he later gets messed up. Mm -hmm. But it's not, you know, because this was in the past. I don't know if that was on purpose. Like, see, his hand didn't always look like that. (laughs) Reminding you, I don't know if they did, but it's just something I thought about. I was like, hmm, interesting. But yeah, Dumbledore's hand is messed up this year. The book describes it as like withered, like blackened and withered, right? Yeah. They did a really good job, I think. Yeah. It looked gross. They looked, yeah, his fingers were like mostly black and like extra long and bony, I feel like. Like they looked thinner. Yeah. Because they were withered. In the movie, they didn't explain where he got that, did they? No, he did. I think we were talking. When? It was toward the end when he was talking about Horcruxes and the ring. Or what, he didn't say Horcruxes yet because right after we found out, they were gone. But it was, I don't know, he was talking to Harry about the ring. The one, the ring that he that Dumbledore had. And, he, I don't know, he said something about like destroying the magic. Because he was showing him the diary and the yeah. ring. And he was like, something about his hand. Yeah. And then Harry touched the ring and, you know, he could see everything. And it spun. Yeah. And then after it stopped spinning, Harry did that neck thing again from mm-hmm. Order of the Phoenix. And then he looked up at Dumbledore. It's almost like he couldn't tell he had done that. He looks up at Dumbledore like, you stopped talking. What? What? Mm-hmm. And Dumbledore was like, because oh, he had said like, but this kind of magic or something like that. And then Harry touched it and it spun. And then after it was done and Harry did his neck thing and he looked up at Dumbledore. Dumbledore was like, leaves traces. And I was like, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> it was cool. It was really cool. I'm trying to think of specific things. I really liked Slughorn. And the actor who played him was Jim Broadbent. He did a really good job. He was very good. Like, that's pretty much exactly how I pictured him in the book. Maybe not necessarily physically, but, like, mannerisms and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I think he did a really great job. It was... (laughs) I don't know what else to say. Like, he was a great character in the books, but also in this, he was such a great character, and you love to watch him. Yeah. I think... It seems like you like Order of the Phoenix better, but is that just because this one made you cry a lot? Oh, I do think I like this one is also a little scary. <laughs> Why? I, um, the part, mostly the part where I feel like there was maybe another part. But oh, mostly, when they go get the Horcrux. Yeah, mostly when they're they're getting the Horcrux, and I knew about those. What are those things called? The dead bodies. Is it inferi? Yes. Is inf- that what they're called? Inferior, yeah, because I, I thought you thought I said in when we were watching inferior. the movie, you were like, those are like zombies, right? And I said, no, those dead bodies are in there, in theory. Yeah, you thought I said, well, we didn't tell them the what I said. You just said it, but, <laughs> oh my goodness. We're so good at this. Oh my god, We're so good at podcasting. Gross. But you said, those dead bodies are in there, right? And I, I nodded and said, in theory, because I think that's what they're called. Mm-hmm. But she thought I said, in theory, like T-H. Like, mm-hmm. I was like, in theory. And she was like, are they or are they not? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So that was creepy because I did remember they were in there the whole, but I didn't remember when they started coming up and attacking. So I was just waiting for it to happen when they got in there into the cave thing. And then when Harry stepped off the little boat onto the little thing, like pile of crystal or whatever. I, I don't, it zoomed in on his foot and I was like it's gonna reach up and grab his ankle like my biggest fear when I was a kid <laughs> walking by my bed that a hand was gonna reach out and grab my ankle yeah um and I was like oh my gosh all my nightmares are about to come back and they still might uh, oh no <laughs> and but no it didn't happen I was like oh, okay okay and then I think you told me I was like well where are they and you're like it's when they touch the water yeah so then we had to watch Dumbledore drink all that Poison, which is hard to watch. Oh my gosh, it was for a good horrible. reason. Like yes. it was done well. His acting was incredible, and I know oh, we yeah. had critiques when about he was him like, "Why don't you just movies. kill me?" Yeah, it was like, Oof. like I was like, "Please stop crying," you know, like it's like watching. And Daniel Radcliffe's performance yeah. was good. He was like, "It will stop. I promise. I promise." I like, know. I was like, "He's doing such a good job." A line that I don't, I don't remember it being in the movie, but it's a It's like it really gets me in the book. Is when in the book when Dumbledore says, "Why don't you just kill me?" Harry eventually says, "This one will kill you, Professor. Just drink it." Like he he tries to convince him, like this is this will kill you. Just drink it. I don't remember. You'll be out of your memory. Memory. (laughs) Kind of. 
You'll be out of your misery. Oh, why would you tell me that? That's horrible. It's just like, because <laughs> Harry was like, I have to say whatever to I can to get him to drink it. Ugh. But yeah, it was it was done so well, like filmmaking wise and acting wise, it was done so well that it was hard to watch. Yeah. Um, but then when Dumbledore summons the fire to get rid of the inferior, it was so cool. Yeah. But the inferior actually coming up, that did scare me. And they looked great, and I think that's why they were scary. Yeah, and you warned me. You said they're going to get us with a jump scare. And I was like, okay, I'm ready. Yeah, because the music dropped out. Yeah. And, I mean, why? W- that is an excellent use of a jump scare, honestly, when you don't know, or even in our case, when you do know that monsters are about to come up from the depths yeah. of this black water. If you've never read the books or seen the movie, you would have no idea. You'd just be like... Because in the books, they even talk about it. They say that there are inferior in there. Yeah. Because... Dumbledore throws the light and something jumps out of the water Ew. in the distance. And Harry's like, what was that? Dolphins? Just Dead dolphins. Ew. But, oh yeah, but I feel like like jump scares can be kind of cheap and overdone in scary movies. Yeah. But this wasn't a scary movie. It was just a scary part of a movie. And... I'm sure Harry was feeling a lot more than a jump scare right there when a dead person grabbed his hand. Yeah. You know, so... I think it was actually well-placed. But you warned me that it was coming. So the hand coming out of the water didn't actually startle me. Like, I didn't jump. But I still screamed because I hated it. <laughs> yeah. I think we... I You said that you think Order of the Phoenix, you like it better than this one. Oh, yeah. You asked me that earlier. I, I think I too. like this one better. It does end on a very sad note. But for the most part, it's much happier than the last one. Because everyone believes Harry... So nobody's like the whole school isn't against him. Mm-hmm. Feels more like a normal year. Like there's Quidditch, and mm-hmm. Harry has to like get this memory from Slughorn. Um, Slughorn, but there's no like looming, you know? Yeah. Like there's not like, uh, and it doesn't feel as dour, because everyone seems to kind of be like, well, we might as well get on with it with our lives. Mm-hmm. And so, like, people are having fun, and there were many, many times where we were like, oh, they're friends, because, like, they would do stuff together, and it would feel real, like, laugh together and stuff. real, like, kids together. I say kids, but real students, <laughs> like, together, hanging yeah. out. And Slughorn is a fun character, mm-hmm. and he's like, Harry, Harry. It's so great. I think that's why I like this one more, because it's just so fun, and it's so... Like, obviously the last one was interesting, but this one's interesting and fun. And then we also get more of Dumbledore, which I like. Mm-hmm. We barely got any of him last time. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's really cool. Yeah, I don't know why. I, I just really liked Order of the Phoenix. And I think I was having fun watching it because I was actually noticing some of, like, the techniques and stuff. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I, I don't know. I think yeah. that's maybe why I liked it more because I, I was having fun watching it. Makes sense to me. Um, let's talk about Tom Felton. He plays Draco Malfoy. Oh, yeah. He was good from the beginning. Like, even in the mm-hmm. first movie, he was one of the kids. I was like, he's an actor, and you can tell. Like, mm-hmm. they were all actors, but he had had previous experience acting mm-hmm. more than the other kids, and he was really good, and he's been good all throughout. But as the movies kind of progress, he gets less and less to do until this one. And if you don't know, stop listening to this. But... Draco was tasked by Voldemort to kill Dumbledore. And Dumbledore keeps missing death, but other people keep getting affected. Like a necklace, a girl touches a necklace and she gets cursed, but it was supposed to go to Dumbledore. Ron gets poisoned by some mead, but that mead was supposed to go to Dumbledore. And then, of course, at the end, Draco has him at one point and um, disarms him which comes into play later. Mm-hmm. Um, but then Snape ends up being the one to do it. I think Tom Felton's performance in this movie is incredible. You really get to see, he's not just the mean kid. Like, you see so much more. Like, you see him really struggling with it. Like, he doesn't want to do it. But he's like, I have to. And then at the end, he's like, I have to or he'll kill me. You know? Yeah, and he starts to cry. Yeah, he's like, we see him he's cry. Like, I have to do he's this. He's like physically ill. He's gray, and that's not his acting. That's his makeup team. But yeah, I mean, I was buying it. He looked sick. Like you know, like his conscience was obviously there. Like, mm, please don't do it. Yeah, I think he talks a big game, mm-hmm. but he's really not a bad person deep down. Like, what I mean is, like, he talks a big game about being a pure blood and blah blah blah. But deep down, he's not. 
that kind of a person. He mm-hmm. doesn't want to kill anybody. Yeah. And I think deep down he might even like Dumbledore. Yeah. But he's not supposed to, so he's like, oh, Dumbledore, but yeah. And he's really only a jerk because of his parents. His parents are obviously jerks. And, I mean, they're more than jerks. They're Death Eaters, like, straight up. Yeah. But they're also jerks. And so he grew up like, oh, I'm better than everyone else because I'm a mouthful. Yeah. And then, but he's obviously been influenced positively by somebody. And I have to assume it would be at Hogwarts because no one in his family is good, you know, that we know of. Yeah. So somebody at Hogwarts got through to him. And I think he also might just not have it in him. You know, like, he's just like... Like I said, all talk. And right. he grew up in an era of peace. So, like, the yeah. war the war wasn't happening. That's true. So his dad probably told him, like, well, we were the best and we should have won and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But he didn't see firsthand, like, what that really meant. Yeah. You know, like, he didn't see the deaths and the killing. And so I think when this war is starting back up and it's, it's hitting him in the face, like, before this he was like, yes, we're superior and we're on Voldemort's side because he's the best. Mm-hmm. But now that like people are dying he's on the front lines yeah he's on the front lines and he's supposed to kill somebody i think now he's like this is terrible (laughs) it's not what i thought like even if he knew this is what was going on in the previous war i think now that it's happening now to him he's like okay i don't like this (laughs) yeah i think that's more what's happening i mean i agree there might be some things in hogwarts that have influenced him but he seemed to try to really fight against any kind of goodness that he encountered. Right, but I feel like when you have good influences, like it can still sneak through. Because, I mean, he was raised by Death Eaters, so like, if there wasn't anyone at all like influencing him in a positive way, I don't see how he would have had the goodness right there ready to go, you know? Yeah. Because if all you know is like evil, 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 that's who you are, right? Does that make sense? You are, I think you're more defined by your choices, not by... Right, but why would you Just because you're surrounded by evil doesn't mean... But why would you ever want to make a good choice if no one has taught you to? But I think in his case, he hasn't really had the opportunity. He's been a bully, which is bad, Mm -hmm. but he's never been... He's never had the chance to do something truly evil. He's never made an evil choice. He's made bad choices, and he's been mean. That's true. There's a difference between being mean and being a murderer. Yeah. Well, I was thinking like his parents making evil choices, but even in this time of peace, he probably he never saw them kill anybody or or make a decision that led to somebody being killed. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. So I I think he's encountered racism (laughs) and like classism and being a jerk and being a bully Mm -hmm. which is what he was Mm -hmm. but i don't think he encountered real true evil yeah and i don't even know it seems like his dad might not even be true evil because like when they get to the end his dad's not really on board for all this he's kind of like i don't think the end of the series like this yeah anyway i don't i don't think lucius is i don't know lucius might be evil i'm not sure but I don't think Draco's evil. All he's really seen is being a jerk and being racist, which is not good. But he's never seen true evil. And then by the time he is encouraged to make those choices, he's been old enough that he's been able to kind of like decide his own morality and his Mm -hmm. own worldview. Like he's older. So he's not as as like um, moldable as like a kid, Mm -hmm. you know. So maybe if Voldemort had come back sooner, he would have been acclimatized to truly evil actions and it wouldn't be as difficult for him but i think because he's older when this stuff happens he's like i am not okay with this Mm -hmm. but he feels like he doesn't have a choice so but but i think tom felton's performance is really really good yeah me too yeah the last thing i want to talk about is i mean mean, obviously cinematography is good Mm -hmm. it's by the same director david yates Mm -hmm. i really like the cinematography i really like the look of the movie but when Harry takes Felix Felicis. Oh, that scene is so good. Yes. In the book and the movie. And it really looks like Daniel Radcliffe is Oh my gosh. having so much he fun. He had so much fun. Like when he walks out of Gryffindor Tower, he just goes, hey, to like just two random students. Like that cracked me up. Yeah. I don't know why. Hey. <laughs> and I love, he's got so much sass when, when he runs into um, Slughorn and Slughorn's like, Harry. And he turns around and goes, sir. Yeah. like. And he goes, what? how'd you get out of the castle? And he's like, I walked out the front door. <laughs> and then so he's funny. like, well, I can't 
let you like stay outside the castle. And he's like, well, then you're more than welcome to come with me, sir. <laughs> I was just like, that's so funny. It was funny. so funny. I was like, dang, is he like drug? Like, it, I don't know. It was so cute. He was adorable. And I love that Slughorn's like, Harry, we really, really must go back to the castle. And Harry's like, but that would be counterproductive, sir. Yeah. And Slughorn's like, what do you mean? And he's like, I don't know. Like, like, <laughs> Harry's like, no idea. Because it's like, just he I'm just going. knows that it would be, but he doesn't know why. Yeah. And, you know, the whole, like, they go to Hagrid's, which you don't expect. Like, the first time you watch it, you're like, Hagrid's? Yeah. And in the book, there's a little more set up there because Hagrid sent them a letter, sent um, Harry, Ron, and Hermione a letter that was like, Aragog died. I'm going to have a funeral. I remember Ron I'd love like, it if you good. guys were there. <laughs> yeah, Ron was like, I'm glad he's dead. I'm not going. <laughs> And Hermione was like, we really shouldn't. It's like against the rules. And even Harry was like, I don't want to go. But then when he (laughs) took Felix Felicis, they were like, okay, go find Slughorn. And he was like, no. And like, he was like, I'm going to Hagrid's. And they were like, Harry, why are you going to waste this? And he was like, I just feel like Hagrid's is the place to be tonight. I love Mm -hmm. that. But in the movie, he didn't send him the letter, which almost makes it funnier. Like if you don't know that Aragog died... It almost makes it funnier that he's just like, I'm going to Hagrid's. And they're like, what? And they're like, that's out of nowhere. Like, We've barely why? seen him this movie. Like, I don't know, but I feel like that's that's going to be a hopping place. And then he runs into Slughorn on the way. And then he doesn't even invite Slughorn to come. He's just like, bye. Mm-hmm. And then Slughorn's like, well, wait, Harry. And he's like, well, you can come with me. And he's like, boo. Uh, in the book, he comes because he tells him that Aragog died. Mm-hmm. And then Slughorn's like, oh, I could steal some of that venom. It's very expensive on the black market. But in this one, he's just like, boo, Harry, you can't be out of the castle. And Harry's like, then follow me. And he's it was like, really funny. And he's like, boo. <laughs> I don't know why that sound is what is the sound for Slughorn, but it's what it is. It's what it is. But. I loved that, and then I loved, I don't know if it was in the book, where he talked about how Lily Potter, at the time Lily Evans, gave him a bowl of water with a lily petal in it, and then that petal turned into a tiny fish. And he was like, oh, it was beautiful magic. He's like, I loved seeing it. And he's like, and the, it disappeared the day she died. Yeah, I don't remember that in the book, but there's a lot I don't remember. It's been a few I don't years. think it was in the book. I really liked it. And then Harry's like, you know, be brave like my mother. Mm -hmm. And he said, be brave or the bowl will forever be empty. And I was like, "Mm -hmm. that was so good. I liked that. I liked that. It was really good. Yeah. Oh, and I loved that when Slughorn was trying to put the memory in the little vial, his hand was shaking. Mm -hmm. And Harry reached out and like steadied his hand. hand. It's just a little detail, but I really liked it. But I love as soon as he poured the memory in, it just cut straight to Dumbledore pouring it in. Like they were like, let's go. We got to look at this memory. (laughs) We don't need to see how Harry ran 100 yards back to the castle. We got a headmaster to kill. We, we, we don't got time. <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> that really, like, traumatized you that I just that said that. hurt me. Can I just say, Alan Rickman's performance at the end of this movie, I mean, all throughout the series, but mm-hmm. when he's standing there, especially knowing what you know later, which I won't get into, but you can see so much on his face. And if you don't know what you find out later, you still see so much. Yeah. And, you know, Dumbledore goes, Severus, please. And when you first watch it, you think he's like, don't do this. Um, I'm not going to say what he really means. But, I mean, we said spoilers, so I'm assuming people have kind of seen this. You can see Alan Rickman's face, his performance, it's just so good. And then, like, when he kills him, you can tell that he's like, really? It's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. And Alan Rickman just, ugh. So good. The only thing that I, and I don't, I'm not saying this is Alan Rickman's fault. The only thing I don't like is that at the end of the book, when Harry's chasing them down and he's like, You coward! Mm. Snape goes, Don't call me a coward! Like that really hits a nerve with him. Mm -hmm. Because he's not, but like, you know, Harry doesn't think that right now. Mm -hmm. But he's more angry with Harry and. I like I think I like that better. But I don't think that's I don't think that's Alan Rickman's choice. I would guess that that's either the scripting or the directing. Um but Alan Rickman I still did like when he was like you use my own spells against me, Potter. Mm-hmm. That's right. I'm the half blood prince. That was a terrible Alan Rickman. But I thought it was good. And then he kicks the wand away. I just love that he just kicked it away. 
Because it really reminds you that wizards really can't do anything without their mm-hmm. wand. Like, he just kicked the wand out of his reach, and Harry was done. Mm-hmm. Like, it was like, you can't do anything now. I mean, you could argue he couldn't do anything before, because Snape he was much stronger. Before, yeah. um, I love that he was, like, sending spells to him, and Snape wasn't even saying anything. He was just deflecting it. Because Snape is really good. They don't... Mm-hmm. I forgot about this. They don't talk about this in the movies, but in the books, the students struggle to learn nonverbal spells. Yeah. I don't think it's super important to the movie. No, but it's a cool addition. And then I love that at the end of this book, it shows that Snape is really good at them. Yeah. Because he just like doesn't say anything. And I mean, in the book, he says something, but he doesn't say the spell. I think in the book, he just goes, no, and like blocks them. Mm -hmm. And he's like, you'll have to do better than that or something. In that moment, I do think I like that Snape doesn't talk, that he just blocks it. Mm -hmm. Um but I do wish we had that whole thing where he's like, don't call me a coward. Like, that's the one thing that, like, gets on his nerves or, like, hits a nerve. Mm-hmm. Um, but Alan Rickman was great. Mm-hmm. The sequence where Harry goes back to his body and everybody's Dumbledore's body and everybody's standing around and oh. they all light up their wands. Maybe start crying again. And the light from it makes the dark mark go away. Mm-hmm. I That sequence was just so good. And you were crying and you crying. were shaking. and <laughs> It was a really good sequence. Um Every all the actors were doing a great job. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to watch. Yeah, but in a good again in a good way, <laughs> like they did it well. So. Yeah, they did it well. So I don't think I have anything else to say. I really liked this movie. It was done really well. Do you have any other comments? Well, I remember the part that you were like, "Why is this in here?" And it was that's right when the Dementors attack the Weasleys' house. It wasn't Dementors. Sorry, Death Eaters. It is late at night. It is late at night when we're recording this, and my brain is shutting down. It is like bedtime, bedtime, and so I'm starting to starting to lose a little bit. But yes, the Death Eaters attack the Weasleys' house, and I don't remember that being in the book. And I was kind of like, like the scene was done well. In fact, there were some really cool shots where they were running through the weeds. And it was like tracking with them. So the weeds were like crossing in front of their face. And they were like, and it looked really cool. And I even, I commented to you, I was like, that looks really cool. But I was like, why are we doing this? Like, what's the point of this scene? And you were like, to remind everybody about the danger. And I was like, but I don't think we forgot. (laughs) Like, I think we know the danger. And I don't know why. I don't don't know why. And some people might might be like, it's in the book, you dummy. You just forgot, which (laughs) might be true. But... If it is, tell us, but nicely. Yeah, let us know. Fragile. Tweet at us and let us know. Um, But yeah, I just was kind of like, even as well done as the scene was, to me it didn't add anything. Like, it it didn't even up the danger to me. I was just like, okay, yeah, I knew these people were out there. It was really sad, though, because, like, the Weasleys already don't have a lot, and then their whole house burned to the ground. They didn't really wrap that up, did they? They did not. It was burning, and then they were like, next scene! And then, and then we never saw They it never say end. anything about it. And then, spoilers, in the next one, it's not burned down. It's just what? fine. So, again. <laughs> Why did they do that? What's the point of the scene? No, I bet it wasn't in the book then. No, it wasn't for sure. Yeah. Well, you didn't remember it. Yeah. Well, no, the more I think about it. This instant. Because, because in the books, there's a new minister of magic. And yes. it's, um, never mind, Scrimjaw. <sighs> Rufus Scrimjaw. He's the next Minister of Magic because at the end of the last one, they discovered that Voldemort really was back and that Fudge was being an idiot. So Fudge got sacked and Scrimjaw became the new Minister of Magic in this book. Well, we never see him. They never talk about him in this one. And in the book, it was during the Christmas break when he was at the Weasleys that Scrimjaw came to visit him, came to visit Harry Mm. and was like, come, come. Because remember, he brought Percy they cut the whole Percy thing Ugh, from the movies. Good. Um, they brought Percy. He brought Percy. And he was like, Percy really wanted to come see you guys. And at first they were like, huh? but then they could tell like that Percy didn't want to be there and that yeah. the minister was just using that as a flimsy excuse to come over. Um, and he talked to Harry and he was like, we want you to like be the the face of the Ministry of Magic and promote the ministry. And Harry was like, oh, why would I do that? You guys tortured me last year and made me carve a sentence into my hand yeah so go f off <laughs> that was that was his attitude he was he even held up his scar and he said he said i can't say i like the ministry and he's like because remember i i cannot tell lies Ooh, got and the minister was like so you really are dumbledore's man and harry was yeah 
feel free to leave. <laughs> and, Bye. and I was like, I love that he was just like, I don't care that you're the minister of magic. I don't respect you. Yeah. And I hate what you guys are doing. So feel free to oh. go on yeah, home. Yeah, I forgot about that scene in the book. Yeah, and their their house is not attacked because they, they talk to the minister of magic. Yeah. Huh. So anyway. So yeah, okay, I'm with you. Why is that there? Why is it in there? And then their house is back. Yeah, they could have just gone sense. to Christmas break and not had a... Yeah, what if we just have a break from everything being so dramatic? Maybe they just thought it got too slow, like nothing was happening. Maybe. That's why the minister should show up. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I I really like this movie and the book, so mm-hmm. I, I would definitely recommend it. Uh, yeah. What about you, Amy? Yeah, I liked it. And this one, we didn't talk about this, but this is also where everyone starts to get all romantical. Suddenly. There's suddenly, Very suddenly. Suddenly all our teens have hormones. Jenny started to be a little more involved in the last one, but then in this one she's really involved. And yeah. she talks to them like she's part of their group. And I like Jenny, but part of me was like, don't act like you've been part of this group from she's the beginning. Like, you have to get rid of the book. But I'm like, where have you been? Who are you? <laughs> You're not the voice of reason in this group. It's Hermione. But I did like that scene where she went with him and yeah. snuck, oh, a little, snuck a little kiss. But I'm like, is she dating Dean Thomas or not? Like, she was, know. but then it wasn't clear that they broke up. They were like, oh, they've been fighting again. Mm-hmm. But they were never like, they're broken up. She just suddenly was like, let's smooch. And he was like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Anyway, but I like this movie a lot. Yeah. It's you a like good movie. this movie? I do. It's sad and it's scary, but it's good. I definitely recommend it. All right. So we only have two movies left the Deathly Hollows movies, part one and two. Are you excited to watch those? I am, mostly because I'm ready to finally say I've seen all the Harry Potter movies. Yes. But I know that they're going to be sad and they're going to be scary, and it's the. Yeah, yeah. I'm just anticipating some of what's happening. Yeah. But it's going to be good. I like these. These are some of my favorites. Um, So I'm excited. So tune in next week to hear us conclude Harry Potter Month as we watch Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 1 and 2. If you guys liked this episode, please let us know. Please subscribe to the podcast. Follow us on Twitter. Send us an email. We'd love to hear from you guys. We're really glad you guys are here listening uh, to us just chatter on forever. I do want to remind you guys, though, that you guys are all very valuable. And if no one's told you today, we're glad you're here. Yes, we're very glad you're here. Um, If no one's told you, you all have value, like she said. You're You're very valuable. And you matter a lot to us, and I'm sure you matter to someone else. So thank you so much for being here. We love you guys. And we'll see you next time as we conclude Harry Potter Month. Bye, guys. Bye. Thanks for listening to Storytales. Please subscribe and follow us on Twitter at StorytalesPod, where you can share your story with us. Or you can email us at StorytalesPodcast at gmail.com. Your story wants to be told.